change the narrative. Yes, sir. Recruited, we're gonna beat your ass every time they see us. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to mock us all they want to mock us. I'm telling them it's not over. So they can print all that crap all they want all over their locker. It's not over. It'll never be over here. Thank you for joining the ESBC podcast, which the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. The reason I say that is to be authentic and transparent. You have so many people lying to you. You have the big lie, you know, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and politicians. And I'm doing this for you. Politicians say, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for the people. No, you're doing it for the kickbacks. You're doing it for the campaign contributions. You're doing it for the money. And that's what we do here. We do it for the money. However, we teach you business and financial concepts so you do not get killed in your 401k. You don't get killed by inflation. You don't get cheated on business deals. You know what's going on. And, right, we give you picks at a high percentage better than what you can pay for. So I gave you one of the purposes, right? The other is to teach you business and financial uh, concepts and decision-making process. So you make good decisions when you're investing in a business, you're gonna invest in a stock. It's the same process as betting on games, right? In the true definition of value, I know that in the sports betting industry, there's a lot of gaslighting, a lot of lying, a lot of disingenuous people when they say what value is. Here, we really give you uh, what value is, and it's psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and by money, all right? So really betting is like short-term options. But another maximum business, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So we got three, two guys that are a lot smarter, definitely a lot younger than I am. And they're helping me this year because every year is different. Uh, this year, I can look at the statistics right here. We are 122 and 69, 64%. So betting $1,000 a game, like I'm blessed to do, I'm up north of $40,000. Definitely what 10 people make in Haiti. Right. So we're lucky, lucky, fortunate enough and good. We can we can get to uh, that amount. So we got Dylan Kelly from St. John's. And before we start, he's going to give us a little report on St. John's basketball to start soon. What can we expect from them? Then we have starting uh, wide receiver, starting defensive back for Las Vegas Knights, Arena League. His brother is starring uh, highest. Uh, passing efficiency in the Power Five for Oregon State, your Oregon State Beavers Power Five. Well, heck, who knows? Uh, any way you cut it, there's two or three different ways that Chance Nolan, uh, Chad's brother, will be playing in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. All right. So thanks, guys, Chad Nolan and Dylan Kelly, for joining me tonight. And really, this week, I'm looking forward to. Combining all our picks, we're going to bet all our picks and getting up to 80%. Bring that magic we had 
last time Dylan was on the podcast, and we had we were twenty four and six. Let's get back to it. Yeah, a lot of money to be made. All right, Dylan, tell us uh, about St. John's basketball because we've been eighty percent tournament, eighty percent conference tournament. I mean, this year, this year for St. John's, it's really tournament or bust in this stage of the game. This Mike Anderson's third year now. He's got his guys in there now. They're returning their two best players from last year. Posh Alexander, who's going to be a sophomore now. He was Big East, player, uh, Big East Defensive Player of the Year and wow. Freshman of the Year. The only player to do that since Allen Iverson. He's, wow. he's a stud. He's back. And Julian Champagny, who was first team all Big East last year as well, he's back for his junior season. He declared for the draft. He went to the combine, went through the process, decided to return to school. This should be his last year here. Um they got all the athletes that Mike Anderson could possibly need for his 40 minutes of hell system. And this is the year if uh, they're going to have a breakthrough season, make a run at the big East title, this has got to be it. Nice. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Season starts Tuesday opener against Mississippi Valley state. It's a, it's a cupcake opponent to start the season, but you got to start somewhere. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Mississippi Valley state. They're from the MIAC. And, uh, you know, we'll put in the episode notes a link to the you know top ten little betting, and you can't bet teams you haven't seen play. So if you're gonna yep. talk about the MIAC, you gotta watch the MIAC play. And Mississippi, I say those teams usually have a lot of athletes up and down the floor. Mm. So look for that St. John's. You can't bet it, Dylan, because it's no, I will not. Be. Yeah, but uh, yeah, others that are not associated with St. John's. We're on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. We have real diversity, which yeah. has nothing to do with race or gender or disability. It has to do with an open mind and having an open mind to different perspectives, right? Not just cancel something right away. So he's from the East Coast. So we're getting some knowledge, and we'll get him some knowledge on. He can still bet. They're not, they're not. <laughs> betting is legal yeah, in the state of New York. <laughs> so they're not, they're not his yeah. team. He just goes to school there. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be your team. You go to school there. You got to do Yeah. And I like St. John's. I've been watching St. I'm old, but I've been watching St. John's basketball for 40 years. Yep. Luke they just put the statue up of Luke Carnesecca in the arena now, just was unveiled wow. about a couple of weeks ago on homecoming weekend. So, yeah, he was there, did a whole speech and everything. Oh, wow. That, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great coach. Definitely. Great coach. All right. So, we'll get into it. Uh, for those watching on the live stream, we are going to go in opposite directions tonight. <laughs> Uh, Chad, was it over under on that uh, Stanford game? I believe it's 52 and a half, 53 right in there. I think 52 and a half I saw on one app and 53 on Bovada. I, I got 53 right here that I'm looking at. Right. So I'm going to go with Stanford plus 10. And I think you talked me into it because. Uh, Shaw is an offensive guy, but with a backup in there, I'm going to go back to under 53. Yeah. Right. What, why are you thinking uh, Utah is going to cover this? Um, I'm like 
Utah here. I just, I, I think that, uh, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, man, they, offensively, I mean, they have been the, they've been in shootouts the last three weeks. They've been, I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 right now. I think they're, um, you know, um, Cam Rising's playing really good. He's throwing the ball well. They're, they can run the ball. You know, Cam Rising can run the ball. Um, you know, they got a three-headed monster on the offense. Um, I just think Stanford right now is just uh, talent-wise, they're not there. Speed-wise, they're not there. I think offensively, they don't really have any speedsters on offense. They kind of rely on big tight ends, big body receivers um, to just kind of you know win uh, back shoulder 50-50 balls and slants. Um, and I and I just think that you know their their defense just doesn't have a lot of team speed either. I think their team speed overall is kind of down. Um, and I just think Utah is going to be able to put up um, the points here and with a with a backup quarterback in for Stanford. Um, I just don't think they're going to keep pace here. Um, you know, if it does turn into a shootout, there's just no way um, that uh, Stanford's going to be able to keep pace here. But I like the under here as well. I, I do think Utah's going to score, uh, but I, I don't think Stanford's going to be able to score. I think this one's going to be like a, you know, a, a 35 to, to 14, um, you know, type of game. And uh, this this one will, will come in under, so. Right. Uh, draw, right? Draw. <laughs> Pretty much every time, last time he got blown out by Winningham. But when it's equal talent, Shaw has beat him every time. Shaw has never had a losing season. So, you know, you talk about fundamental analysis against technical analysis. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis. No one has ever gotten rich with technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis. Even David Tepper, who never Carolina, right? $23 billion selling technical analysis. So what you look at is the corporate governance of the team. Uh, Winningham has never won a Pac-12 title. Shaw has, right? Winningham's never been to a Super Bowl. Uh, Winningham roster is being depleted. He's traveling on the road. Uh, Shaw is going to out-scheme him, out-coach him. They're going to have 15-play drives. Also, Winningham's defense, man-to-man defense, does not account for the quarterback. The backup quarterback for Stanford is a plus-one run guy, so they can get a first down every time, anytime they want. Stanford coming off a loss, Utah coming off a win, and this is not a South game. So Winningham is focused on winning the South. Stanford's from the North. So that, and a couple other reasons, I'm going Stanford plus 10. Another reason I'm going – Stanford plus 10 is that the line started at six and a half on Sunday. Now it's at 10. So I'm thinking if Stanford could win this game, right? Man-to-man defense. Uh, they're going to lob it out there, throw a couple fades, throw a couple back shoulders on that one, on those guys on an island for Winningham. And I like Stanford, Shaw, to I coach this man uh, and spy Rising. And maybe if Rising throws a pick, I'll be feeling really good. Any thoughts on, the, on this game, Dylan? Yeah, well, we spoke about it um, maybe earlier this morning or yesterday about, and I'm also with you on Stanford, uh, plus 10. I was going to be on it when it was plus eight and a half, and the spread just kept rising, as you said. Right. Um, this is one that I love uh, – double-digit home dog, and I don't think they're that I don't think they're that much inferior to Utah. 
So right. I like them in this spot. Yeah. This, in this position, too, they have more incentive. Uh, Charles made, made it like hell to, for them this week after a loss. So, yeah, I like Stanford a lot mm-hmm. in this spot. Right. And we're looking good with a BC plus four in the 46 tonight. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go one of my picks and then one of Dylan's picks. I like Alabama minus 28. For those listening on the podcast, they will listen. One of the reasons why, right? Uh, change the narrative. We'll beat them and recruit them. We'll beat them every time we see them. Kusho said. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, roll Tide. F you. I'll, I'll pull it up while you guys are talking about this game. I like Alabama uh, plus 28. A minus 28. I was going to say, get Alabama plus 28. Yeah, like that. <laughs> What do you think, uh, Dylan? Um, that was a game I was looking at. Um, for some reason, I stayed away from the spread. It's something I might look to add tomorrow as either on the spread or the Alabama team total. I think that's one they're going to pile on a ton of points. Right, tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Uh, the thing about it is uh, Coach O kind of conceded the game. Uh, last week when you said that he didn't have enough guys to practice, mm-hmm. right? LSU's defense is very weak, right? And with him saying that, that was uh, almost like the kiss of death. What do you think about this game, Chad? Oh, uh, yeah, I like Alabama here with the points. Like you said, I mean, I think you make a great point with uh, the roll tide FU. Uh, it's kind of a revenge game. It's kind of a grudge match here. Um, right. you know, I'm sure Saban's, you know, playing that for these guys all week. And uh, I think they're going to be fired up and they're going to be ready to, you know, roll these guys. And uh, they're definitely superior team. Um, and I think there's going to be the uh, motivation there to, to pile it on. So, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. the thing about it, too, is that Coach Bo tried to lie about it the first time. You know, he tried to say, oh, you know, I didn't meet him. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to come back to haunt him this time. Right. Uh, We loved it when we heard it. (laughs) So Alabama minus 28. Uh, and I like that over the Alabama team total because they're not going to stop trying to score. No, I guess the third and fourth stringers from LSU. All right. And what pick do you do you have for us? You have ten of them. And if yeah, so out there, what I would do is two things. You got two choices. If you're going to take our picks, bet equal amounts on each game. 52.5% is break even. We want to get to 70 to 80%. You've seen how much money we've made this year. And I, I, I haven't, I can't remember a losing week in college in the four, last four or five years. So, right? Unbelievable. If, yep. if you're not going to do that, then you are responsible for your own picks. You have to have accountability, right, for what you're picking and choosing. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead, uh, Dylan. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm going to start off with 
Ohio State minus 15 at Nebraska and the over 64 and a half in that game. I believe the over has since risen to around 66. So um, basically, uh, CJ Stroud, he uh, is quarterback at Ohio State. Obviously, he's on a Heisman sort of season right now. Ohio State's offense is extremely explosive. Um, and coming off a win against Penn State, that wasn't very pretty. It kind of went down to the wire with Penn State. And I think this week they're going to really want to pile on the points, um, some style points for the committee, you might even say, for the college football playoff. A um, couple of trends for you with the, against the spread. Ohio State is 4-0-1 in their last five against the spread as a road favorite. And Nebraska is 0-3-1 against the spread um, against a team with a, with a winning record. Um, I think Ohio State wins this one by over 20. And um, as far as the over goes, um, as I said before, I think they're going to put up a big number in this one. Um, I think Ohio State, their weakest point is defensively. I think they might allow 20 to 25 points from Nebraska. And um, a bunch of trends also pointed towards the over in this one. The over is 7-1-1 one, and one in Ohio State's last nine against a team with a losing record. And the over is 8-2-1 and one in Nebraska's last 11 as a home dog. So I love the over and Ohio State here. All right. Uh, I like the, the over a lot because you got two offensive coaches that are doing a scheme against each other. Uh, what do you think, Chad? Yeah. Um, I like the over more than the side here. I don't know if I'm I, over that key number of 14. I'm a little hesitant to take Ohio State. I think this game gets over with two offensive coaches. I think both, I think uh, Dylan's completely right about Ohio State putting up a big number. Um, I'm just a little kind of exactly how you guys said about Stanford, that, that home dog. Um, I like Scott Frost. I think, uh, you know, he could possibly, you know, as a home dog, have some stuff up his sleeve for this game. Um, backdoor cover late Ohio state's up 21. Um, you know, they just get something in there. They keep fighting and get something in late. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think this over, I, I, I will, I will be playing this over for sure. Um, I'm still deciding on the side. Yeah, and one thing is, too, it, it, you have – because when the George Floyd thing came out, and I work in diversity uh, biases, you have unconscious bias, right, uh, and you have conscious biases. Uh, it's the third-string quarterback for Ohio State. Uh, he got a DUI. So – these referees sometimes are lawyers sometimes they're a PR rep marketing rep that's bad PR and, and Ohio State looks like a renegade program what what uh Jimmy Lake we get to next week is 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 saying right a bunch of thugs on Ohio State <laughs> Urban Meyer right he's the one that handpicked this guy and Urban Meyer had basically four serial killers on that Florida team, and he's had two murderers on his other national championship team at Ohio State. I say that, that I don't think he's going to get the call against Nebraska because say what you want about Scott Frost. And that's one of the things that I laugh about because USF is, they really pay attention to academics when they bring a guy in and you have a bad record like USF. <laughs> we were maybe more less stringent on academics. We might have a better team. So against Nebraska, who runs the program right, I, I think uh, for this game, either consciously 
or unconsciously, the refs are going to favor Nebraska. But mm. that favors the over, right? Because Definitely. Extend Nebraska drives, illegal contact, five-yard mm-hmm. penalty on third and 30, automatic first down. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You'll see the, the Ohio State coach just screaming at the refs, you know. Uh, so that's what I think about that game. But Dylan's got the minus 15. Yep. Next game I'm thinking about is ah, Jimmy Lake in Washington. Um, actually, I got it wrong. I want – I wrote it wrong here. I'm going to go with Oregon minus seven under 49. All right. Minus seven under 49. I'm going to type this in before I've done my research here. It's going to be Oregon minus seven under 49. Because Jimmy Lake said that there's a bunch of thugs on Oregon. It's almost like Coach O, right? Uh, co- you know, confessing, throwing in the white towel last week, saying, oh, we don't have enough players to practice the week before Alabama. He's basically saying, we're going to blow out, and I'm coming up with excuses before him. Seems like Jimmy Lake is coming up with excuses before the game as to why he's going to get blown out. Cristobal. Defensive guy, offensive guy going to control the game. Washington has one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my life in college. They're really a worse offense than Arizona. Arizona should have won that game. They won last week against Stanford, 16-13. So Oregon's going to shut them down and just score and easily cover the seven points. Uh, Your brother plays in that conference. What do you think, Chad? Um. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Oregon's just a better team here. Um, and I think they got extra – Jimmy Lake gave a good team extra motivation, which I think you never want to do. You never want to poke the bear. Never a good idea. And I think Washington as an under team is – golly, they are the biggest under team in the nation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love I, – I, I mean, I think – Washington, I, I know I've bet their last four unders and hit everyone. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think 49 is too high for this game. I think, it, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a 28 to, 28 to 14 Ducks win. It, 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 I, they might watch. I don't, know, just don't, I don't see Washington scoring 14 points. Huh? Yeah, it might be 10, 28 to 10. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know if exactly Washington can score that much. So, I love it. I agree with you 100%. All right. Oregon Ducks, any thoughts on that game, Dylan? Uh, it's a game I didn't look into too much, but um, I definitely like Oregon in the side. There. I think that's one almost sometimes you can't look into it too far. Oregon's the better team. They're going right. to they're gonna beat them, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your next pick, Dylan? Next uh, game I'm looking at is uh, Wake Forest at North Carolina. I'm taking Wake on the spread. They're at plus two and a half, and I'm taking the over 76. Now, um, Wake Forest is this game 8-0. And uh, North Carolina is four and four. In no way should they be an underdog in this game. This is right. one that just jumped off the page at me the second I saw it. Right. Spread. Um, North Carolina was supposed to have a good year this year. Uh, Sam Howell is supposed to be a Heisman candidate. They've been very underwhelming. Um, I'm not expecting anything to change this Saturday for them. Um, Wake Forest, on the other hand, they've done nothing but just put up points all year long. They right. haven't put up less than 35 points since, since September 3rd, week one or week two of the season. Um, I have no doubt that Wake Forest can get into like the 50s in this game. Uh, the over is five and one in their last six games. 
They're four and one against the spread in their last five. I like both of those trends to continue. And I think Wake wins this by a healthy margin, to be honest with you. I 100% agree. And um, I don't know if it's a supercomputer that's coming up with these lines, or is it probably a combination of both? Vegas taking advantage of the fact that Mac Brown was on ESPN. So Mac Brown's on ESPN all these years. Mac Brown must be good, right? Against Wake mm-hmm. Forest. Historically, North Carolina has blown out Wake Forest. But if you live in the past, you die in the past, right? Yep. The famous line in finance, and Dylan is a finance major from where finance started in the yep. Northeast of New York, right? Uh, in finance, they say past performance is not indicative of a future result. So just because Mac Brown won a national title in 2009, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, they were ranked in the top 10 to start the season. And historically, North Carolina has blown teams out. Highest level, one of the highest levels of intelligence, there's different kinds of intelligences, uh, is situational intelligence. What's going to happen now? What's going to happen on Saturday? And before we let Chad jump in on this, because Chad and I talked about this, what I love about Wake Forest and what I read about their office coordinator is that quarterbacks and teams have packages and they have series of plays. So the office coordinator for Wake Forest has a series of plays from 10 different offenses, the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the spread, uh, RPO, uh, you know, the wishbone even, uh, even he does my favorite offense that we did see a little bit uh, last night of that offense with the Colts. When the Colts bring in the Wildcat guy, they had wins on the side, the double better shotgun. Mississippi was supposed to rock. So he throws that in there. So it's hard for them to prepare, even on a college level, because each offense, he has exactly four plays out of that offense, right? And I'll give you an example of Tampa Bay when Dungy was there. Because Dungy believes in only having four plays. You run the four plays all over and over and over again because you run them so fast. And he got Tampa Bay um, to the championship game against Philadelphia just running four plays. So this guy has, as a college offense, he has a lot more than that mm-hmm. uh, from each offense he has. So that's why nobody can stop him. He has a veteran, smart quarterback. He can handle it, right? Uh, he couldn't handle it last year in the bowl game, but that was really being set up for this year. Where he, they just gave him the whole package so he can you know, do whatever. He threw, like, two pick sixes, which was great because I had Wisconsin in that game. But I paid attention. I'm like, oh, wait, course is going to be good next year uh, with the veteran quarterback coming back. Chad, any thoughts on this game? I think we lost Chad. His phone maybe might have died. Right, right. All right. So we got Wake Forest plus three over 76. I love that. Yep. Uh, Arizona. Arizona Wildcats plus 12 against Cal. Uh, And uh, I'm going to think it's going to be over 49 points. Over 49. Uh, I don't necessarily think Arizona's going to win this game. They were close against USC. Cal has had 12 guys 
in COVID protocol. So uh, I got him at plus 12, now it's plus nine. I would still do that because they have more players. And we're getting late in the season where guys are banged up anyways. Kind of look at an Arizona second half line. They had a great second half against USC. Mm-hmm. Man, those Cal guys are going to be tired in that second half. You're tired in that second half. You can get a backdoor cover at plus nine. And Arizona needs to win. They're 0-8. So they're at home. They are going to be more motivated. Let me check the weather in Arizona, in Tucson. Tucson, Tucson, Arizona weather, because that's going to be a factor. It's just so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that second half is going to even deplete that uh, defense even more. The weather in Tucson, Arizona is going to be a lovely 89 degrees. So that gives a huge advantage to Arizona plus the nine points. Yeah, I love that. All right. The chat is coming right back on. All right. All right. All right, I'm back, guys. Yeah, so what do you think about that? Arizona plus nine in 89-degree weather, right? No humidity, but still, that's a lot with pads. Stuff on, and then Cal's kept missing 12 times. I go with protocol. <laughs> Plus nine, Arizona second half line, and over those 49 points. You know, I see this kind of similar to the Arizona-Washington game, um, you know, except, you know, I think Washington's a little bit better than Cal. Um, so I, I, I definitely see this being a close game. I think that's too many points. Uh, and then what, 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 you're going under on the total, right? We're going over. What what is the number? Forty nine. Oh oh yeah yeah um yeah that's that, that's too low um yeah this this will be I think last week we kind of saw a transition in the Pac twelve where where uh yeah teams are starting to score more and figure out defenses and uh and, and move the ball and uh yeah forty nine is too low for this game I see this game being about fifty six. Big time. Oh, yeah, because it just, it's just going to be like a regular game, 24-13, uh, until the second half of the third quarter and the second half of the fourth quarter, where you just get to see, you know, offensive coordinator with binoculars noticing a corner who's tired or winded, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they yeah. might win them on purpose and then run a streak route, bring in a fresh team from the sidelines with fast and just run a, a freaking bomb. Uh, on some, you know, depleted third string Cal uh, defensive back to, to get this game over. A lot of scoring late, you know, like the Jets and Colts. We've seen a, a lot, like the Rams in Houston. A lot of score late on tired, depleted guys. What's your next pick, uh, Dylan? Yes, my next pick is uh, Pittsburgh minus 21 at Duke. Um, we looked at this one simply, I just, Duke is just so bad (laughs) to put it simply. Duke has been held to seven or fewer points in three of the last four games. They really don't score offensively and they're not any better defensively. They're weak there too. They're one and eight against the spread in their last nine uh, ACC games. And, um, 
Pittsburgh has a very strong running game. Pittsburgh's a strong team this year. They're no joke. Um, Duke ranks 122nd in total defense. I think Pittsburgh is going to have no problem being able to do whatever they want offensively in this game. I think they're coming in with a little added fire after being upset by Miami just last week. Um, Pittsburgh's four and one against the spread in their last five overall. This is one of my more um, one of my favorite picks of the day tomorrow. I love Pittsburgh minus twenty one. Yeah, and I like uh, Narducci. Narducci has made me a lot of money. Uh, I'm gonna organize and more have it. All the face family football podcasts. We're gonna have them together. We had Chance Nolan telling about his story, how he got on Arizona on uh, Oregon State. It was they were blow out USC. And we had uh, on there as well, um, Max Brown. He was the number one Gatorade, number one five-star who starred at USC, but he got beat out by, no shame in that, number one draft pick, Sam Darnold. Mm. He transferred to Pittsburgh, and I snuck in there that question about Pat Narducey. What kind of a coach is he? And, uh, he's a great coach. He is from the Bill Bellet Sheet uh tree and i did a little homework on it because i thought about it uh narduzzi was uh, a video assistant with the cleveland clowns back in the day and he's an assistant for d'antonio who d'antonio was on the staff with nick satan at cleveland then he took him over to michigan state and took over that program his defensive coordinator was pat narduzzi who came up with all those upsets. He will not be mocked. And I'll put that one on there too. Then tell you talking about Michigan mocking him. You know, Michigan's mocking us. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> so that's Pat Narducci, who would not be mocked. He's done a great job with that program. Coming off a loss. Teams are in two-year cycles, right? This is the up cycle for Pittsburgh. Yep. So he's got his guys. He's got his defense. Uh, Duke. Again, they have a bad record because it's hard to get into Duke. <laughs> we yeah, have some accreditation at USF, so look for Duke to get blown out. Uh, they have, you know, they have to pick and choose like Stanford games they they scheme for, uh, and this is not one of them, right? They're going to scheme for North Carolina, in-state rival stuff like that. But Pittsburgh, not Pittsburgh, coming off a loss, they will blow them out. That's a good pick. By a great pick by Dylan. All right. So, and we get Chad's picks too. Chad uh, blew it out last week. He actually saved me last week. He was uh, five out of six with his picks. <laughs> Got his profit because I just blindly took what he was taking. Uh, I got Arkansas plus five. Arkansas is coming off a bye week. Now, I think this is going to be a return for the mean because all the teams coming back from college last week lost. But I like Sam Pittman. Mississippi State uh, coming off a couple big wins against Kentucky. They'll be beat up going against Arkansas. And that uh, Arkansas's whole offensive line will end up in the NFL. They got a couple of defensive linemen that will be in the NFL. Now they're rested. They have a three-game losing streak, so they have a little bit more incentive in this game. And very stubborn, Mike Leach. They're going to rush three, drop eight. 
uh, it's another return to the mean, right? Because Rodgers, uh, Will Rodgers, uh, quarterback from Mississippi State, he was like 32 out of 34. I think he's going to airmail one now and give it to Arkansas. Arkansas is going to give them the ball back. They're going to get no rhythm. There's going to be long, sustained drives. And, you know, it's illegal, but they do them anyways. That's why I talk a lot about selective prosecution, people that get away with illegal stuff. In Arkansas, the crowds weren't <laughs> same, same as Mississippi State. So these are two illegal crowds bringing cowbells to the game <laughs> to make you get extra loud uh, when, uh, you know, Mississippi State turned audibles because Mississippi State has that offense that if you see, you know, seven or eight in the box, that's an automatic throw. Less than seven is an automatic run. And those Cowboys, those guys will not be able to know what is what or which is which. So I like Arkansas minus five. What do you think, um, Dylan? Yeah, Arkansas was one earlier in the week that actually uh, jumped out to me as well. I was going to be on them. Um, for whatever reason, as I did my research on other picks, there was other picks that I liked better than Arkansas, um, minus the five or four and a half now. But that's a pick that I love. I love the home team in that matchup. Arkansas is home. Um, I think that's one that they definitely get um, against Mississippi State. And as you said, they started off 5-0, if I'm not mistaken. They were rolling. They were a really good team. I think they can get back on track tomorrow. Big time. They, they targeted Texas, right, because they want to do their recruiting. Texas is going to be in the um, in the SEC. And it was a big game for some of the alumni there. That was big for them, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they returned back to the main. They had some hurt players. They had that overtime game against uh, Ole Miss. And then uh, they caught uh, Bo Nix at the wrong time. So uh, now rested, mean. Um, they'll be ready to go. All right. We're going to get rapid fire here as we're going to run through these picks. All right. So we'll go SEC. I'll finish my SEC picks, see what you guys think. And then I'm going to hit you with my picks. Dylan's going to finish up with his picks, and then we'll go back to mine, and then we'll finish with Chad's. All right. So finishing out the SEC, I got Texas A&M, again, coming off a bye, minus five against Auburn, coming off a big win against Ole Miss on the road, uh, Bo Nix. But I think this game could go either way, and it's going to be a dogfight till the end. But I think eventually uh, it's one of those things where I think Bo Nix is going to throw a pick six and change a – you know, minus three game into a minus 10 game. So I like Texas A&M. I like Florida minus 20. A lot of heat on everybody. They just lost a rivalry game. And they're playing uh, an inferior team. He's an offensive guy that's just going to take his anger out and keep scoring and get this over the minus 20. All right. So that's the rest of my SEC picks. What do you guys think? I love them. Um, I love the uh, A&M pick particularly. I think that uh, this is a good spot for them, a little bit of a letdown spot for spot for Auburn. Uh, 
A&M at home. I like that. They've seemed to have figured it out recently. Um, so I think they'll keep rolling this week at home. Right on. Chad, any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you guys. Uh, I, I like. I think they're saying them at home. Man, they have been rolling. I think them at home is tough to beat. Um, I mean, it's a, that's an awesome place to play, man. They got a home field advantage there, you know. And uh, I, I, uh, what, what was the other game? Arkansas was before that. You had oh Florida. Yeah, I like Florida too. I think, uh, man, they, uh, they, they, they didn't just lose a rivalry game, right? They, they really got, got oh, a hand yeah. to them. So. Um, you know, I think that's something we talk about on the NFL podcast a lot, you know, like teams don't get blown out twice, you know, a team that does get blown out is going to have more motivation and pride the next week. So I think we're going to see that with Florida, um, you know, and, and they'll get it done. So I like those picks. Yeah. And in fact, in a SEC game, I, I forgot was I'm taking Liberty plus 10 against Ole Miss. Uh, lame, lame Kiffin made a, made a statement that there's going to be a lot of NFL scouts on that game. And he said that half of them, half of the scouts of the game, were are going to scout Liberty. Liberty. Liberty has a heck of a coach. They have unlimited resources. Think about it, 10% of every, um, 10% of every Baptist. It's a lot of money. <laughs> they have a limited resources. So Liberty uh, plus 10 uh, and we'll go uh, last picks by Dylan, and then I'll go faster mine, and then we'll go through chats. Yeah, so I can run through the rest now. I have four more picks. Nice. Um, next up, we're looking at the Michigan State at Purdue game. Um, last week, I think we got a taste of how legit Michigan State really can be uh, as they beat uh, Michigan in a big, big game last week, probably the best game of the weekend. Um, some people, you definitely can see this game is a letdown spot for Michigan State traveling to Purdue. But I think Michigan State's going to keep rolling. They're 6-0-2 um, against the spread so far this season, while Purdue is 1-6 against the spread in their last seven home games. Um, I also love the under in this spot. I think this has Big Ten defensive battle written all over it. Um, in my eyes, both these teams are under teams. Um, the under is 8-1 and in Purdue's last nine. And um, – the under is 4-0, Michigan State's last four is a road favorite. Um, both these picks, I think, really have a uh, good chance of hitting. And I know, Josh, you uh, think a little bit differently about the outcome of this game, but I think Michigan State's going to be able to get it done. Um, yeah. You want me to keep rolling into the last two picks? Yeah, yeah, keep rolling, brother. Yeah, so then, then we go to Tulsa against Cincinnati over 54.5. Um the last couple of weeks, I think Cincinnati, they've won the games. They played a close one against Navy. And uh, last week against Tulane, they won handily, but it wasn't as pretty as they would have liked. Um, I think this is a game they're going to put up a big number in this one against Tulsa, who also is an over team. They are 4-0-1 um, in their last five games. Now the over is cashed um, in the last five games. And um, – the over is five and one in Cincinnati's last six as a home favorite. Uh, I really think Cincinnati is going to be able to put up a big spot here and Tulsa will be able to do enough to right. get to the over. And then my last pick is a uh, Louisville plus four against Clemson. We talked about it earlier before we started recording, but Clemson, they really haven't covered a spread all year. They should not have covered last week. That was a nonsense play at the end of the game. 
Um, Louisville's offense has been really good this season. They've been over 400 total yards in every game, except for the opener against Ole Miss. Uh, meanwhile, Clemson's offense has been really bad, and I think they're going to continue to struggle on the road. Um, Louisville is 6-0 against their spread in their last six games following a game where they scored less than 20. Found a, That's a crazy trend, but I found it earlier today. And um, Clemson's 0-5 against their spread in the last five games following a win. So I love Louisville plus four at home this week. Louisville plus four. I think Clemson's going to start with a new offense. So they have for this part of the season, almost like Belichick kind of exploded. I love that 54.5 Cincy. And Michigan State, under 54, I like. But I like Purdue in this case, especially if we can get a plus four. There's going to be some recency bias, right? The recency yep. bias there. And, uh, man, those are some good picks, though. Those are some good picks. I like us like going 80%. I know you have to go, Dylan. Any last thoughts? or um, Just that, um, obviously, like you were saying before, um, it's so important when putting in these picks that to do do research on them. These are picks that I know every pick that we're giving out are picks we believe in, picks that right. we've researched. And um, in my case, I'm putting a thousand dollars on. There you go. Yeah, right. And these are yeah, right. So it's a it's a true investment. We're not just throwing anything on the in the podcast here. Right. These are picks that it took time out of my day to really find the ones that I think are best. And I think these are. Um, all good plays. This is one of my favorite weeks yet as far as my picks came out. Um, I'm probably going to jinx myself, but I'm, I think we're all in for a good day tomorrow. Big time. Last time you were on the podcast. You were yeah, there you go. And... <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Invaluable. Thank you, guys. See you. All right. I'll see you, man. All right, so I'll go through mine. Let me know your thoughts. I got Penn State. Uh, minus 10, Florida State, the Florida State Criminals. Now, it takes a lot for me to bet the Florida State Criminals, even though I do have a lot of friends, went to Florida State. Uh, but I like him in this spot after losing a heartbreak hotel last week against uh, NC State that I saw just destroy USF in the beginning of the season. But as the season morphs down, they're going to be – a lot of depletion, and it's going to be a hot game in Tallahassee, Florida. Look for Florida State, uh, second half line. Colorado State money line against Wyoming. It's not that Colorado State is so good. It's that Wyoming is so bad. They've, they're like Owen, whatever, against the spread. Uh, very depleted roster. Uh, look for Colorado State to win that game, to batter and bruise them. Again, another one game we want to take that second half line on uh, Colorado State. All right. Texas uh, plus the seven points. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian getting in fights with players in practice. Just getting him fired up. He's tired of losing. So. Uh, you're getting points under that type of situation. He's got a young team. It'll get better as the year goes along, learning his uh, system, even though he really hasn't had a really great season as a head coach anywhere, even when he was at Washington or USC. So I think for many reasons, this is a 
big game for Sark, right? Yep. And they're going against Iowa State, and Iowa State, I don't think they have that great of a roster talent rise. They're a developmental program. Uh, what do you think, uh, Chad? Um, man, I haven't done a, a bunch of research on those games, but I know we talked about that Penn State Maryland game earlier. Right. I love that one. Um, you know, there's a there's a, a grudge there, coaching grudge there, correct? Correct. So, I mean, I, I love that angle. I think Penn State's going to get in there. They played Ohio State tough last, last week and showed a lot of good stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about before the podcast, Iowa State as a favorite, you know. Um, I like them as a dog. But, yeah, man, uh, I remember I bet, I bet against them as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Baylor, and right. they lost one outright. So, I think Texas is a, is a dangerous dog. Um, I think they have a lot of explosive weapons. And I really like backing them here, four and four record. They need to win two more to get this bowl game, like you said. Uh, this is a big game for Sarkeesian and getting seven points here. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game, and I, I, I like that a lot. Big time, big time. Uh, I think we talked about this game, Purdue. I like them plus a four uh, against Michigan State. Because of the situation more than anything. And I think it's going to be a beat up Michigan State team to put everything on the line against yeah. Michigan. And they opened up their playbook. They had to. They had to score a lot of points. They opened up their complete playbook. Uh, and Purdue didn't sleep memorizing every play and having their guys in position on every play. Game you and I love a lot. We love two, actually, these three games. We love a lot, right? I'm going to go through each one. Let me know what you think, right? Because we talked about them. We love a lot. Navy plus 22. But we think it's going to get to them tomorrow against the Fighting Irish. Which the Fighting Irish want to talk about covering. I don't think they've covered against anyone. Maybe USC, but they played a lot of close games. Two-year cycles. Last year, they were in the playoffs. This year, it's going to be a developmental cycle. And they're barely getting by. They got beat by Cincinnati. Right and Navy covered against Cincinnati, and it's a rivalry game, so there's going to be extra plays involved, some trick plays involved, maybe a fake punt, right? Uh, and the best pass plays Navy will use because the Irish are expecting them to run, right? So that's Navy. Another game we both love is Arizona State minus nine over sixty-one over USC, and then I'll break down the Oregon State game. What do you think about those two games, Chad? Yeah, um, you know, you just you can't back USC right now. You got to right. go there. The USC has just been a loser all year. They're they don't play defense. They're putting up points. They're an over machine. I think right. Arizona State is going to put up you know thirty five to forty two, and I you know I think USC is getting their their twenty one to twenty eight guaranteed. So yeah, I love those picks. And yeah, Navy. I mean. Navy lost to Cincinnati by seven points last week. They're 28-point dogs, lost by seven. Right. You know, and Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. So, I, I mean, I, I would take Navy here plus 14, let alone plus 21, 22. So, Big time. Um, I'm getting seven, eight points of value in my mind here, maybe even more. So, yeah, I think that that might be the biggest market inefficiency um, of, of the day tomorrow. Big time, big time. And it happens a lot, Navy games. Right, so we're, we're ecstatic about that. And then a game the the chat can't bet. It's Oregon State minus thirteen uh, over fifty five against Colorado. 
in Colorado. This is a coaching mismatch galore, right? You got a guy who had to fight for his job at, at Oregon State, a tough place to coach. He's steadily building that program versus a guy who is destroying this program. They have zero offense. Uh, the only reason they're going to score tomorrow is because of it being late in the season. And <clears throat> Oregon State not really having all their guys. And they'll get some, you know, garbage late touchdowns. But that was standing. Uh, Oregon State coming off a what I feel was a bad loss to a, a mediocre Cal team. Uh, Oregon State can play a lot better than that. Oregon State has a lot to play for because you really have three to three or four different ways to get to the Rose Bowl, which would be big for Oregon State. I, I don't think Oregon State has been to a Rose Bowl ever, so I gotta I gotta check that. If they have, it's like one time in like the sixties or something. But in my lifetime, I do not remember Oregon State ever been to a Rose Bowl. So it'll be big. The Rose Bowl have a lot of access. A lot of people can get to that game in the, you know, Oregon State orbit. And really, Colorado's having a bad year. They have a bad coach. They've been firing coaches in season. They fired their offensive line coach. Um, so I like Arizona minus 13 over 55, right? And you got Liberty minus 10. Let's hit that one. So we're all set with my picks, all right? And uh, people have been messaging me on Twitter. So if you have any questions, let me know. All right. I'll run down through mine real quick, and then we'll go to Chad's. Alabama minus 28. Wake Forest plus 3 over 76. Arizona plus 12 over 49. Arizona second half line. Arkansas. Razorbacks. Cowbells minus 5. Texas A&M. Minus five. They have bells too. <laughs> Legal bells there. Uh, Penn State minus 10. The Florida State Criminals plus three. Colorado State money line and second half line against Wyoming. Florida minus 20. Texas plus seven. Purdue plus four. Navy plus 22. Arizona plus 10. And second half line. The 89 degree heat in Arizona, in Tucson against 12 uh, COVID protocol Cal guys. Arizona State minus nine, over 61 USC. Oregon State minus 13, over 55. Oregon minus seven, under 49. Liberty plus 10. All right, Chad, what do you got? All right, so I'm rounding up. Um, I got three more on top of that to finish it off. Right. Starting off, I got Middle Tennessee State plus 17 and a half playing Western Kentucky at Western Kentucky. Um, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, both these teams uh, are similar in record here. Um, you know, Middle Tennessee gets this win. They're the same record in Conference USA. Um, I just I just think they're, that this line is just too big. I think it should be more around 10. And I think Middle Tennessee can keep this one close and, uh, and compete in this one. And uh, – for a game that I think is going to be a close game, uh, 17 and a half points, a lot of points. So I, I, I like uh, Middle Tennessee to be able to cover that. Um, then I got Baylor minus seven. Um, Baylor's on the road at TCU. Baylor's just been a great team for me all year. I think they're a legit contender to win this Big 12 championship. They play Oklahoma next week. Um, 
Now, they winning this game sets up a showdown for them at home next week against Oklahoma to uh, become first place in the Big 12. And if they blow this game against TCU, that game against Oklahoma does not mean as much next week. So while some might say it's a, oh, it's a look-ahead spot and they might be a letdown spot because of Oklahoma next week, um, I think it's a, a it's going to get their motivation even higher because they know they need this win to make that game as big of a game as it's supposed to be. So I like Baylor there. And then um, finishing off, uh, my last pick of the day is Josh's alma mater, the, the USF Bulls, plus 13 home dogs on homecoming. I love me a home dog on homecoming week. Um, so far this year, it's, I mean, I, I think a home dog on homecoming is an 80%, um, 80% covered. Um, I know I faded. Right. Uh, I, I took Oregon State at Washington State at homecoming week. And, uh, you know, Washington State got it done homecoming. Um, you know, it, it, you got all, you know, the coaches know that. They know the alumni are there. Right. Boosters are there. Um, they're bringing out all, you know, they got a great opponent in Houston. I just um, think they're going to bring all the playbook out and open it up and uh, and be able to cover 13. Right. And we're going to be there for Thanksgiving. Weather's not going to be a factor. As it's raining today, but tomorrow the high is 67, so they're going to be fine. The humidity is 88%, so it'll be humid. It's going to be weird. I think it's going to be weird for Houston a little bit, even though Houston's basically the same climate. So no advantage there. Can't bet your own team, so you overestimate your own team. What What's the over-under on that game? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a sec here. Um, it is the American Conference. We have USF Bulls, 53. Yeah, uh, definitely see that going over. Because defenses, they're not going to be able to breathe oh. in 88% humidity. And you got two offensive coaches. So homecoming, Scott, who won, I believe, two national championships. Right? He recruited. You see that quarterback play for... Uh, South Florida, he was a freshman. He recruited Deshaun Watson and he recruited uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? So, you know, you recruit Trevor Lawrence, you recruit Deshaun Watson, you recruit DeAndre Hopkins, you know how to score points. So, and Dana Holgerson, he paid $4 million a year to score points. So, yeah, that's that's going to be a, an over game uh, for sure, all right? So bet equal amounts on each game. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29 games. Last time we did that many games, we were 24 and 6, 80%. And there was a lot. So just multiply 24 times 950, right? Minus 6,000. That's how much money we made that Saturday. We were blessed to make that much money that Saturday. 
uh, feel great about these picks. Like Dylan said, we worked hard on them. Uh, it, it's about hard work, right? Any intelligence that I have is because of hard work, not necessarily genes or talent. All right. And like we said in the beginning of the podcast, no bullshit. We give you exactly straight up what my MBA is about and what my securities license is about. My three businesses are about, which is good, solid business decision-making in the richest country in the world. Final thoughts, Chad Nolan. Um, man, I, I just am ready for tomorrow, man. I'm be up bright and early, 6 a.m. <laughs> get my workout in, get my coffee in, and be waiting for these games to start, you know. And my brother's game's not till 4, so I'll be watching games all day till 4. And then uh, we'll be yeah. ready to go. Any 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 adjustments? We'll make it on Twitter, J O S U E V I Z C A Y. There's going to be a lot of literature, a lot of good links in the episode notes. And um, I'm going to make sure on Monday I write a letter, not a letter, write an article for the uh, newsletter. We have a few subscribers on there. We're going to give you some really good content. We've been dialing up now. You do not have to pay Action Sports or anybody any money for picks. All you have to do is listen to the podcast, NFL and college football. And we do it in the spirit of Sir Winston Churchill, whose wisdom got us through the last kind of pandemic crisis, World War II. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. Shit in the world. That's why I wear those shoes and I roll my butt and I get a limousine.